You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Hello, my muse. What is your secret today? Are you feeling stuck or stagnant? It can often be the secret we hold. It's been my secret many times, especially in a society that holds success so upfront and out loud and in your face. What's normalized is everyone is going, 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 going. Everything's all hunky dory. And when you come to a standstill, you could feel kind of embarrassed. Like, why am I not keeping up? I'm going to fall behind. But the reality is that feeling stuck is a state that many of us are in, and we come and go from this place constantly. Being stuck or stagnant is okay, but we don't have to stay there. This episode, I want to explore the reasons why we get stuck, and also to help you move from disempowerment to empowerment. Getting stuck reminds me of getting stuck in the snow when you're in your car. Kind of like this morning. We recently had a record snowfall here in Toronto. And from my bedroom window at 6am, I could hear wheels spinning. My neighbor from up the street works for Purolator. And Purolator, they don't get snow days. And he was out on the street trying to get back up to his house so he could switch cars into a vehicle that was better equipped for the driving conditions. And so my daughter Una and I, we were watching from my bedroom window, him spinning his wheels trying to get up the street while someone from his household was driving towards him trying to make a track so that he could get up. And he would make a little bit of headway, but then he would slide back. I could tell he was so frustrated. I It would drive me crazy, right? He tried that technique where you rock back and forth to try to get yourself some momentum. That didn't work. And then he eventually came, like popped out of his car and he ran up the sidewalk and we're like, where is he going? And eventually he came back and he was carrying a shovel. So he was going to use this shovel to dig himself out. Thing is, The street is pretty long, and I know he didn't live just across us, so he had a ways to go. So I looked at my daughter and said, I think he needs help. And so I put on my boots and my coat and my mitts, and I grabbed a shovel, and I went outside and started helping him to shovel. Because you, when you're stuck, (laughs) you can't do it alone. Sometimes you need a little help from someone else to give you a push, right? Before we knew it, there was me, him, and another neighbor shoveling the street to try to make way for him. And we eventually got him up to a point where we pushed him into his parking spot. And he was just so grateful. Isn't community such a beautiful support group? I mean, I guess the last resort would be to call CAA for a tow. But if you have people around you, who are willing to help. He he was just so happy not to have been standing out in the snow, shoveling the street all by himself. 
So in this episode, I want to kind of explore these three reasons why we get stuck or stagnant and get you from disempowerment to empowerment. I'm kind of like that friend or neighbor with the shovel. All right. In April 2021, we all had about a year of the pandemic under our belts. Do you remember that? And then Adam Grant gave us the word languishing. In one of his New York Times articles, he gave us this word to describe that blah, blur's day, stagnant feeling. In the article, he described languishing as a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield, and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Well, at this time of this recording, we're in the beginning of 2022, and I don't think we've shaken off this languish feeling. I believe that many of us are very much still in the messy middle. And kind of like my neighbor, instead of looking through life through a foggy windshield, we are like buried under snow, right? So the three reasons why you're stuck or stagnant I offer are, are you holding on to the past? Are you struggling to accept the present? Or what is the future? The past, present, future. This is why we are stuck or stagnant. And here is how you know where you're at. Are you holding on to the past? It feels heavy, like your car is tethered to its spot. Or maybe there's a claw on your steering wheel and you don't have the key. Or maybe you have a flat tire and you just can't move. The disempowering thoughts you have when you're holding on to the past are things like, I want things to be the way they were. Maybe it's your body, your skin, a relationship with someone, or your energy levels. Holding on to these memories, the way things used to be, it tells you that you're sentimental and you have wonderful memories, but maybe you're afraid that was it for you. Are you thinking it's all downhill from here? How can you honor your past, but also release its grasp on you? That grasp is what's keeping you stuck. Another disempowering thought that gives you that heaviness and holding onto the past is the opposite. You don't love the past. You actually hate it. You hate your past. You're embarrassed of it. You're angered by it. And maybe you want to erase it. But the problem is it's part of you. So what you need to do there is you need to acknowledge what you learned so you can heal from it and you can forgive yourself and let it go. I don't really believe in forgiving others. I have seen some articles that suggest that forgiving others feels too gaslighting. I can see how that may be true when you haven't had enough space between then and now. And yeah, maybe over time you can forgive, but if you can't forgive the other person, I just ask that you focus on learning to forgive yourself. And actually in a future episode, we'll talk about cutting the cords, which help you to cut yourself from the control of that memory, of that relationship, of the hurt and the pain. So when we're holding on to the past, those disempowering thoughts can really be that tether. So what is the empowering move here? Like, how can we cut that tether? How can we cut that cord? Well, going back to 
forgiveness is giving yourself permission to let the old emotions surface. And I know that that's the scary part. I have a client that I'm working with who she was stuck because she felt heavy, because she was holding onto the past. She had a combination of loving those memories and wanting to be back there, wanting to be in that strong body again, wanting to feel confident in her own skin, wanting to feel like she was in control of her life. And things happened to get her to where she was today. She didn't really allow herself to feel those emotions, those big feelings. And instead, along that journey, she just pushed it down. She controlled it. She kept it. She didn't let her emotions take over her, but that was exactly what she needed. She needed to kind of time travel to relive and rehash those feelings and not in a way that she looked at it with therapy. But what she told me was coaching was so different for her because we looked at her past with the intention to make a move forward instead of just only looking at the past. For her, that was the big difference between therapy and coaching. And so in that case, when she was allowed to express her emotions, she knew that there was freedom on the other side. That's what gave her that kind of safety. So the empowering move here that I challenge you, if you're feeling heavy because you're holding onto the past, is how can you remind yourself that you are safe now? Who can hold that safe space for you. And here's the empowerment part. You get to choose and you are in charge of how you handle it. All right, so number two reason why you might be stuck or stagnant, and that is, are you struggling to accept the present? When you're struggling to accept the present, it might feel like a fight and there is so much resistance happening. I want to share this quote with you by Elizabeth Edwards, who is a healthcare activist. And I think it's really poignant in this time during a pandemic. And her quote is this, resilience is accepting your new reality, even if it's less good than the one you had before. You can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you've lost, or you can accept that and try to put together something that's good. Is that resonating for you? Like, I love her definition of resilience is accepting your new reality. But it's hard to look at reality when you've got disempowering thoughts, which might sound like, I just want things to be different, or I want to control that. I want to see it my way, or I want to make changes. I want to make this different. I I don't want this anymore. And these thoughts actually tell you that you care. They tell you that you're not the kind of person who's going to sit back. You refuse complacency. But the thing is, you're also not moving forward because these disempowering thoughts, when you're not accepting reality in the present moment, it's kind of like you're spinning your tires, but there's ice underneath or the snow in front of you and behind you is just too high. So what does this look like? It looks very much like my neighbor, right? You're taking action. You're shoveling. You're problem solving. You're finding solutions. You're busy trying this and trying that. But the thing is, doing this over and over and over again is starting to get tiring. You're starting to feel exhausted. And maybe you wonder, what's the point? 
because you're so tired of fighting. There's the snow just keeps on falling. But at the same time, you don't really know what else you can do. Thing is, when you realize that you're fighting or sense that you're resisting reality, that's when you can take control. So what's the first step here? First step is what actually is within your control and what is not. Get a piece of paper, write it all out, create two columns. Acknowledging this could relieve that stress that things are out of control because you are taking control right on paper and you're looking at it. And then once you see it, acceptance is your next step. Could you lower your expectations? What else could you do to accept where you're at? It doesn't mean you're giving up. In fact, it's actually allowing you to move forward, which is what you want, but you're fighting. The mind is so funny. It's such a paradox, but you're not alone. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I've been there before too, right? Like you're doing all the things because you want to move forward, but you're not actually doing the thing to move you forward. So here is a quote from Jennifer Young. She says, pause and remember when you fight reality, you will lose every time. Once you accept the situation for what it truly is, not what you want it to be, you are then free to move forward. I love that. All right. Number three, the third reason why you're stuck or stagnant. What does the future look like? In this case, you might feel like you don't have any motivation or any drive. And it's because you don't actually know what you want. Or maybe it's not that clear how badly you want it. It's like you're just out of gas and you couldn't be arsed to fill up because you figure, well, I have nowhere to go anyway, right? And so the disempowering thoughts here sounds like, I know I should or I need to, but why bother? And my question is, well, why bother? So for example, I have a client who asked me, why do, like, I know I want to exercise again and eat healthy and start sleeping better to take care of my health. I know what I need to do. I know what works for me, but why am I not doing it? Why is it so hard to do it? And when we started diving into that question, why she realized, well, because the reason she's always associated taking care of her health was about weight. And she didn't really care about her weight anymore. So what we did then understand, well, why is your health important to you? And she's like, well, I want more energy to be with my kids. I want to be more clear in the head when I'm doing my work so I could be more efficient. I want to like have more space mentally to just like chill with my husband. You see, so, and, and, and she wanted to be able to like carry the laundry up the stairs without huffing and puffing. So by redefining why her health was more important for her, it wasn't about weight anymore. That's when she was like, became more reinvigorated to actually go for it and to actually say, but this is how badly I want it. So another disempowering thought when you're not feeling motivated or drive is, there's no point in planning anything or trying because everything is so up in the air, right? Like how how many of us have felt that way in the pandemic? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like if you book a flight, is it going to get canceled? What's the point in planning this course if the kids end up coming home and you have no time to be doing your own learning 
when everything is so uncertain, I can't do anything about it. So I'll just wait it out until conditions are better. How many of us have said that? So what is the empowering thought that you can start to replace that with when you notice that you're just kind of giving up? Because I know you're not a giver upper. So the empowering thought is reconnecting with your why, right? Like that client who wanted to work out to get back in shape, to feel strong again, but she didn't remember why. Because, you know, the society tells us you have to be thin, you have to be muscular, you have to whatever, whatever society says is bullshit. What's most important is why is it important to you? Why does it excite you to have it? And then if it's actually not important or exciting, then drop it so that you stop feeling like you're not a motivated or ambitious kind of person, right? Here's an empowering action. I want you to find something to get excited about again. Start dreaming again. Create a vision of you living it. What does it look like? What does it feel like when you're there? Because the thing is, the future can be in your mind. You can start living in that energy today and you can find moments of inspiration now. For example, again, my client, when she was envisioning her strong body, Every time she showed up on the mat to do her workout, she can say to herself, I'm strong. I'm doing this workout. It's happening. I'm getting closer to it. And she was inspiring her, inspiring herself to do it over and over and over again. Tony Robbins says, change happens when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain to change. So it depends on where you're at, right? Are you stuck in the, in the past? Are you fighting the present? Are you uncertain about the future? You could wait and see what happens. You could wait and see if the pain increases enough to get you moving, or you can investigate what's going on. You can take charge wherever you are. I just ask that you do with honesty and compassion for yourself. How does that sound, my muse? Stuck, stagnant, get yourself a shovel, invite a friend in, and We'll get you moving. That's it for today. And it's okay to be stuck or stagnant. It's okay to come to a standstill. It's also okay to want to move. So get moving and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, Please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold. Stay gold.